Hello and welcome to another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. I think it was Henry Edberg that said, and I quote, at the heart of life lie the relationships we have with other people, with family, with co-workers, in the workplace, with friends close by and far away on the other side of the world. And how we let these relationships flow and grow has a huge impact, not only on our personal lives, but but from professionally as well, and the happiness both in our life and the lives of the other people we care about. In today's edition of the Time with Fred podcast, we want to talk about relationships, expanding relationships and building networks in the professional environment. This is a new year. This is 2021. There are many of us who have goals and aspirations, but a lot of how that's going to pan out depends on the relationships we build with other people. And with me to discuss this very important subject is uh, Jacqueline Strayer. Jacqueline is a communication and marketing thought leader, consultant, educator, and cultural enthusiast. She served as an electorate officer of three global publicly traded Fortune 500 companies overseeing marketing communications. Her industry experience spans medical device, diversified industrials, technology, financial services, consulting, and distribution. Jacqueline is a faculty member in graduate and executive programs at NYU, New York University, and Columbia University. Jacqueline, welcome to the Time with Fred podcast. Thank you, Fred. I'm honored to be part of this. Thank Pleasure you. Pleasure is all mine. You know, Jacqueline, and we, we, we're talking about relationships and expanding our networks. And it's interesting because the reason you and I are here is because of that, right? We, we got connected through a mutual, um, actually a cousin of mine who you know, have met you, had done some work with you, introduced us. So it's, 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 it's there's really no way, no proper way of demonstrating or practicalizing what we're doing now than, than mentioning that, that example. But w- why is it important, Jacqueline, for us to, to even think about expanding our networks or building relationships, especially in the, in the professional setting? Well, there's, there's lots of reasons. I mean, in terms of what makes it important and what makes it an ongoing imperative for your life. I mean, it's something that needs to be done on an ongoing basis. Professional relationships, um, first of all, you know, importantly, they enrich our professional work life. Uh, they make it feel more satisfying. They make it feel more fulfilling. And ultimately, they can actually help us build greater success. And so, you know, I, you know, I did a study when I started teaching five years ago one of the things that I did was uh, I I teach this class called critical business skills for public relations. And I wanted to understand what are the skill sets that are really important for people to be successful. And I sent out a survey to several hundred people in the practice to find out what they thought. And in fact, one of the top things that are, that is most important in ultimate success is your professional relationships. Mm. And your be able to your ability to be able to influence your ability to be able to connect with those people and engage with them, and you know they they can be lifelong. I have professional relationships that I'm very happy to say I've had almost my entire career. Wow, you know that's uh, that's uh, that's a very powerful thought, um, and it's true. I'm sure there are so many who may be listening right now who can. Um, confirm that that where they are right now in their professional lives has had to do with, you know, with some type of networking. And even for me, I mean, where I'm right now, there's been several people along my professional journey who have been very, very helpful in getting me, introducing me to other people or getting me to where I am today. Um, 
I think on the opposite end of uh, end of that, Jacqueline, we have this very same, you know, we have cultures, right? Corporate cultures that are being stifled because of operation in silos. There, there are so many departments or units or divisions that are, you know, very protective, right? And not, not willing to expand their, their networks. That's when we look at it collectively, um, you know, from a, from a very broad sense. Uh, but when you bring it up to, you know, the professional, individual professional lives as well, there's, there are times when folks are a little bit apprehensive, whether they're uncomfortable stepping out of that comfort zone for whatever reason, right? How does one overcome that limiting mindset, if you will, uh, and that, in, in, you know, stepping out of that comfort zone, embracing, you know, the diversity of thought, um, just to be able to benefit from of this um, uh, very valuable, um, you know, um, topic that we're talking about today. How does one do that? Well, I mean, I think one of the things that I think is really helpful for people to do is to actually, Fred, sit back and reflect on who, who are the relationships that I have? And you know, how often do we actually think about that? Maybe not that often. Maybe in, during this lockdown and COVID, we've had more time to think about these yeah. things. But actually, this is a really good time for people to build new relationships. And a lot of people think, oh, you know, I'm not seeing anyone, but there's lots of opportunities and we can talk about that. But one of the things, the exercises that I like to take people through is to actually get out a sheet of paper mm-hmm. and have three columns. In the first column, you want to write down the five or ten top professional relationships that you have. Actually, write down the people's names. In the middle column, write down how did you meet that person? Whether you reached out and met the person on your own, you put me. If Fred introduced you, you put Fred's name. If Sally introduced you, you put Sally's name. And so you put down in the middle column who introduced you to that person. And then in the third column, you put down in the middle, for the people from the middle column, did you introduce any of those people to people and you identify that? What comes out of this is a, is a few things. First of all, it gets people to think about, do I even have five or 10 professional relationships that I can put down, which is, you know, important. But then it gets them to examine, how did I meet these people? What, what typically happens is that people find often that more the majority of the ways that they meet people that are in their relationships are their professional relationships that you reached out to them on your own and they have me in the middle column the majority of the time and people think oh this is great i have i'm assertive i'm going out there and and meeting people and that is good however what it also says is that you know you're creating what we call an echo chamber because we we have a tendency to affiliate and reach out and, and create re- and cultivate relationships with people that are similar to us. I, you know, I met Bill, he's a lot like me, he's a great guy, you know, and you kind of reach out, you know, we think alike, you know, all of that. But that, as I mentioned, creates an echo chamber and you start hearing yourself played back to yourself. No new growth comes out of everybody agreeing with each other. No new growth. The greatest creative duos and of all time had great controversy and conflict and that created something new and and exciting. So we have to learn from that and say how we apply that to ourselves. So that says something about ourselves. In the third column also can be a wake up call because you have to look at how often am I introducing people to other people? 
yes or no. And you have to think about, am I, am I a connector? And also positively looking at, do I have people in that middle column who are, you know, basically introducing us to people? And then you have to say to yourself, the, if I have somebody in that middle column that I, you know, has introduced me to a lot of people, they're a super connector. And a person who is a super connector is a powerful person to have in your network. Mm. These are people that unabashedly are, are very generous in opening up their network to you. They are interested in your top of mind to them to think, to introduce you to other people. And they're extremely powerful people. Also, we can learn from them and think about, are we a super connector for anyone else? Mm. Are there ways that we can actually extend our network and help other people? And there are small ways and, and very important ways that we can do this on an ongoing basis. And not only that, but we create a lot of goodwill for the person that we connect and the person that we connect and that we connected with that person. So there's goodwill all the way around. You know, one of the, uh, that, that's a powerful, um, you know, where to put it, Jacqueline, what, one of the things that I, <laughs> I find myself doing a lot is I've been, in, I've been involved in a, in a lot of hiring, interviewing and hiring decisions, plenty um, throughout my professional career. And during those interviews, um, there is always that tendency to hire or to be drawn to folks who are, who are like you, right? They think like you, they have the same personality or similar personalities. Uh, but there was one important hiring decision that I had to make and um, I had to intentionally Again, this is really why this podcast is so relevant, right? Challenge some of those deep-seated paradigms and mindsets. You know, this is, this, is, this is my frame, right? And everyone who has to work on my team has to fit within, within that frame. And I had to kind of challenge myself to think outside the box a little bit and realize that in diversity of thought comes creativity, right? That's how we grow. That's how we become powerful as a team. And, uh, and I sit back and I can tell you that's been one of my greatest or the best, one of my best uh, hiring decisions I ever made. And this individual is, is one who challenges me. And I, I encourage that even with my team, you know, let's, let's, let's have this dialogue, challenge me on it and, you know, ask me why. And it's, we, we've grown, you know, very significantly because of that. And, but, but you realize that in many organizations, um, this still runs very deep. You have HR practices that are, you know, um, that are very, very geared towards retaining, they call it job fit or culture fit, right? The one folks who, and, and I get that there is a, there's a reason why that's necessary. You got to have someone who believes in the culture, who is a culture fit. Would you agree that that tendency or that way of thinking uh, can be equally damaging in the professional setting? Well, in, in terms of having everybody in a culture yeah. aligned. Think, in to the think the same way, yeah. I mean, I think that what you describe is what a lot of organizations do. They look for, quote, unquote, culture fit, right? Somebody who's going to fit in with us. And, you know, while I can understand you don't want somebody that's going to be a negative influence where you're not going to be able to get anything done, on the other hand, you have to have an environment where people are free to kind of engage and come up with new ideas and, and cultivate them. I, I think that, you know, all organizations have their cultures, and cultures happen through reward and punishment systems. I reward you because you're doing what I like or yep. whatever, and I'm punishing you because you're not. 
And subcultures form because, you know, they don't, you know, people don't adhere to the values of the main organization. And so they come up with their own structure of how to reward and punish people. And then you have, you create what's called a schizophrenic culture where you have many different cultures in an organization. The, you know, the healthiest cultures are one in which, you know, you have a set of values that are understood and embraced by the organization mm-hmm. and where people feel that they're affiliated with those, those values and they actually want to advance them because they believe in them. Yes. And, you know, that it's very clear and that the organization takes action, good and bad, when people adhere to the values and when they don't. And it has to be important. They have to be visible to the organizational members so that they can actually see that the organization is doing something about their values. Values are incredibly important. They're the foundation of a brand, of an organization, of a leader, of an individual. And so, you know, that's how healthy cultures kind of basically are cultivated. However, if they're, you know, not embraced and they're allowed to basically disintegrate or allow people to disassociate with them, then you can have a very unhealthy organization. Yeah. Yeah. It takes years to fix that. It's not something easily fixed. Yeah. That's, that, that's a good point. Can you share a little bit about, you know, the types of professional relationships um, that, that are out there? I mean, you're, or, or that you've seen um, in, in the workplace? Well, you know, there's, there's lots of different professional relationships that you have. I mean, people always typically think of, you know, a mentor, somebody that provides guidance to you mm-hmm. and somebody that you look up to, but there's lots of other different types of relationships. Um, you know, the most, perhaps the most powerful relationship you can have in, in, a, in your professional life is somebody who's a sponsor. And that is somebody that goes beyond the mentor. That's somebody who's in a position of power that's actually able to advance you and be able to sponsor you for either a job that comes up, an opportunity that you are top of mind and they're in a position of influence. They can do something about that. Oftentimes, people don't even realize that they have a sponsor in a sponsor, but that's an incredibly powerful, obviously, person to have in your career, and they can come in and out of your life in different times in your life. The other kinds kinds of relationships, and there are many, is somebody who can serve as a coach to you, somebody who can be somebody that's an idealistic type of um, relationship with somebody that you can dream with. You can have a relationship with somebody who's more like a partner, somebody who's at your same level or same kind of space in your professional life that you can actually, you know, collaborate with and think about. You can have somebody who is a realist, somebody that can pull you back and say, you know, this really, you need to really reconsider this idea and this is why. Or somebody who's an idealist and somebody that you can dream with and actually kind of envision the future. Um, so there's lots of different relationships that we have, and, and you can have a person that actually may fill several of those types of relationships, somebody that you can dream with, but somebody who's also a partner that you can actually work with. So, you know, it's important, though, that when we kind of look at the types of relationships that we have, that we don't just look at, you know, are the, am I, do I have a tendency to people to be people who uh, have people who are my relationships who are, or, you know, the same gender as me, the same race as me, the same generation as me, but also look at the professional re- types of relationships you have, and also look at the type, these types of relationships that you have in terms of what they're fulfilling in terms of overall your career success and how that can be embraced through these relationships hmm. and advanced through these relationships. 
does it take any type of vulnerability, uh, Jacqueline, to, to be able to open up, right? Because if I want someone to be either a mentor or a coach, this, this, they've got to be able to see all of me, right? My strengths, my weaknesses, so they can help me and my weaknesses and, and, and help me become better. Um, you have folks who just aren't very comfortable with being that vulnerable because they don't want anyone in the space and, 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 and you know, showing them, you know, where they struggle. Um, is, is, that, is that a fair statement that it takes some level of vulnerability to be able to have whoever, whether it's that sponsor or that coach, to, to know all of you, right? Because if they don't know what you're struggling with, how then can they be able to help you? Well, I think it's not just, you know, an aspect of vulnerability. I like to look at it more as an aspect of openness. Mm. Maybe, maybe that's a better way to put it. So am I, am I open to the possibility that I'm wrong? Mm. Daniel Levitin, who is a colleague that teaches at, at Stanford and MIT and is a well-known neuroscientist and, you know, brilliant person, did a, a great piece for public television where he talked about the fact that, you know, he teaches these brilliant people and they come into the classroom and they think, you know, they know everything. <laughs> And he has to actually help them unlearn and realize that there's much more that they have to learn and that they can be wrong. If we, you know, if we think that we're right, then why even get educated, for example? So we have to open ourselves up, you know, not just from an educational standpoint, but from a relationship standpoint and recognize that there are opportunities to be created by having diverse people in every sense of the word, and we will benefit by that enormously. And so it's a really exciting thing. When you start opening up your world, you, when you start opening up your relationships to diversity of all types, your world is so much bigger, is so much more interesting. And you yourself become that much more interesting because of it. And you grow as a, re- as a result of that. And so I think the reflection becomes really, you know, it's introspection, but it's also outrospection, looking at other people and actually understanding the value, the enormous value that they bring in, the, in our ability to have a relationship with them. You know, the, uh, I had a, a guest once on the program, Dwight Edwards, um, an author, I think he wrote the book, uh, Vanilla Busters, and he describes vanilla bastards are those who step outside of their comfort zone, who, who just go out there and do it. And anecdotally, I mean, I, he, you know, he describes vanilla, those who just love the plain old vanilla, just for those who just like to stick with what they have. And I, 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 had a, I took it literally because typically when we go out, you know, the family to the ice cream, you know, parlor <laughs> shop, it's just the same thing that I get, right? Just plain French vanilla, nothing else, no toppings, nothing. Uh, but after interviewing him, I, uh, I went out again one time and I was determined not to stick to, not to stick with the status quo. So I ordered something uh, entirely different, something I hadn't had before, a flavor, and it was Georgia peach. And Jacqueline, that was the best, best flavor that I've ever had. And I realized that in life, there, there, there are more things outside of, outside of vanilla, right? But you just got to be able to, to your point, be open to other people, be open to other thoughts, be open to other ideas. And Jacqueline, this, you know, how, how does one start, right? I mean, you, you, you identify some of the, um, um, you know, the networks, you know, whether, you know, we need sponsors, whether we need an influencer, whether we need a coach, whether we need a dreamer, whether we need a partner, wherever we may, 
um, be right professionally. How, how does one even begin? I mean, there's someone probably listening saying, look, I, I need, that's where that maybe I need a mentor. Maybe I need a coach. How, how do I even go to find, you know, these people? How do I reach out to them? What do I say to them? How, how, how do I present it in a way that doesn't make me seem as an opportunist, right? Um, and, and I had to do this recently because I had to reach out in um, uh, sometime last year um, on LinkedIn uh, to to a, to a someone totally I hadn't seen, I didn't know, but I realized they were, you know, they had similar, you know, we went to graduate school together. She was uh, many years my senior um, in, in leadership development. And I, and I needed someone to be able to talk to, you know, just pick on the brain. And, and I reached out and initially I was like, ah, what if I, what if they stop me? Right. I mean, I, what if they don't answer? What if they don't even want to talk to me? But the exact opposite was, was what happened. She was very open. She agreed to meet with me. We met over lunch and we, and, and we have a very good relate. We check in with each, with each other and I learned a lot from her. Um, so how does one reach out first of all to identify, you know, some of these people and, uh, and, and how do they even go about cultivating these relationships? Well, it's interesting, you know, it's the beginning of the year, so we have our New Year's resolutions. And so if you resolve that you're going to basically expand your relationships and build your networks, where do you begin? Mm. And some of the best um, transformational coaches will tell you, you start with small changes. Mm. So it's not like, oh, I'm going to have thousands of relationships by the end of 2021. Give yourself some simple milestones to start building. And so how do you say to yourself, okay, I want to start cultivating relationships and, and give yourself a goal. Maybe one new person you're going to cultivate a quarter. <laughs> you know, that's a realistic goal. The best places for people to cultivate relationships, you know, in this kind of lockdown world, since we're not really, most people are not physically going to work. Um, if you're not physically going to work, you've got the online environment which is, which is a huge opportunity. And where is that? That's on LinkedIn. So if you've got a profile, take a look at that and make sure that it really reflects who you are. There's lots of tools out there to help you. And if you um, don't have a profile, it's time to create one. So you want to start with that. With that, as you start, so, so let's say you have a professional network, you know, you start examining who is in your network and how frequently you're in communication with these people. Sometimes it's not even building a new relationship. It's communicating with the people that you already know. And, you know, it's really often a wake up call to say, you know, I used to work with, you know, Bill over here, but I haven't talked to him in like five years. So there's nothing wrong with reconnecting and sending a note to him. And just checking in with them, a simple note like, you know, I was thinking about you the other day. You know, I see that you're doing whatever you're doing. Mm -hmm. Great to see, hope you're, you know, hope you're well. This, you know, COVID has been really hard for all of us. And just want to say happy 2021. Mm. Simple. And nine times out of 10, you're going to hear from that person. You know, thoughtfulness goes a really long way. Mm -hmm. Thoughtfulness. Uh, I would say, you know, for those of people who have the ability to, writing a handwritten note and sending something to through the mail is huge right now. I did that 
at the beginning of this, actually at the, during the holiday season to a people that I hadn't, you know, communicated with for a long time. And it's amazing how many people I reconnected with. Mm. And it was just a thoughtful note. How are you? Was thinking about you. And, you know, I heard from most of the people I sent notes to. So you start out that way. You start with reconnecting with the people that you know that you haven't really communicated with, perhaps. Or you can identify, as I mentioned, opportunities for new types of relationships that go out of your quote-unquote comfort zone. And so you identify somebody, maybe you want to get involved, maybe you want to know somebody who's in the arts. So you can look to connect through your relationships or identify somebody through social networks, somebody who is in the arts and connect with them. Or you can connect with somebody who you are already in, you know, connected with and see if they're willing to introduce you to someone else. And people like to be asked that kind of thing, and unless they feel very proprietary about their network, mm -hmm. which then you'll understand that about them and move on to the next person so you'll know that. But it's not like you're asking this person for a job to hire you or whatever. You're just really asking for an introduction. And I think that's a real, really um, huge opportunity for you to basically not only do that, but also say, and I'm happy to introduce you to anyone in my network or introduce you to people that you might want to affiliate with. So it goes both ways. And so that's a really important aspect of that. So, and this should, this is an ongoing process. This is not something that says, oh good, I've met my four people for the year, I've you know, done that. Really, we should be looking to extend our networks and our relationships of the people in them for the rest of our lives. It's really, really important. And you know, as, as we move through our careers, we might change and, do, and work in different industries or in different professions. I mean, people don't have one career, they have many. And so you have opportunities to kind of build on those networks and those relationships in many capacities. And, you know, I, I'm happy to say that I have in my network people who are in their 90s and people mm. who are in their teens. Mm. In one of my classes at NYU, I had four high school students um, guest lecture. They were astonishing. Mm. They were four young guys who created a COVID information site and was so successful that Microsoft reached out to them because of what they created. I call wow. them the next tech titans. Wow. But, you know, there are opportunities to learn, explore, and grow through all kinds of people. And I think the more, the more fascinating we become as a result of that. And I think that is really, really important. So start with small, small changes in your network. Look at opportunities to grow that. And with each one, you have success. And with each one, you have an opportunity to learn from them. And with each, each one, you have the ability to extend your network and their network even further. Yeah. I think it was in the great words of um, Arthur Ashe, the late Arthur Ashe, that said, start where you are, start with what you have, and take the next step. Jacqueline, profound, profound, profound um, tidbits here about how to expand our networks and build relationships. Thank you so much for coming on the Time with Fred podcast and sharing these important nuggets that I believe are extremely powerful, really. I mean, there's a lot that I have learned from this, and I trust that our listeners have picked up a lot of um, you know useful information. And, and perhaps you 
you know, have this uh, on a New Year's resolution, you know, something you want to be able to check off your, your list of goals list for 2021. This is a great one and no, what better way to start the year off by, uh, than by, you know, being determined to, to expand your relationships right, or, or, or expand your network. So start where you are, um, start with what you have and take the next step. Uh, I trust that you've benefited from this and uh, until next time, stay well. Jacqueline, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. Okay.